them, there were small bushflies by the hundred. They settled on the girl's face and arms and legs and lost themselves in her hair. She leaned over to pick a frond of leaves to use as a fly switch. Trilby was classified as a half-caste. For years now, she had lived at the mission. There were four of the comeaways there, Trilby's older sister, Nuna, and the young ones, ten-year-old Barty and the baby Stella, who was six. Trilby had always hated the life, though the act of rebellion of her first year or so had dwindled to a dreary acceptance. Lighted only by the wild plans for the life she would lead when she was free, she dreamed of excitement and gaiety and laughter and joyous adventure. But these things did not belong to mission life, and until now there had always been the cold awakening to this fact. Not today, though. Today, she would dream as much as she liked. One more night at the mission for herself and Nuna. One more night between herself and the wonder of pleasing herself what she did. Her mouth curled upward in ecstasy. With her face turned to the clear, strong light, it seemed that most of the dark blood in this girl had drained into hands and feet, leaving the skin of her face a glowing amber, highlighted with gold. There were stripes of gold in her hair too, over dark honey, but her eyes were her most outstanding feature. Between curving black lashes, they glinted like silver. Trilby's grandfathers, both of them, had been white. The cold arrogance of one had been centred in the narrow grey eyes that Trilby had inherited. From him, too, she had a slim height and a high-held head. And perhaps her stubborn, rebellious spirit... Back at the mission, she was considered a spitfire, cheeky and almost unmanageable. The other kids teased her about her strange light eyes, but Trilby was only acting when she bit back at them. At 15, she was not yet brave enough to tell them she liked to be different, and that she liked most to be different from coloured people. The lovely velvet brown eyes of most of the other children went unadmired. She preferred her own long, secretive eyes. She flung her careless arm across the tree and leant her soft cheek against its hard satin trunk. The sprays of delicate pointed leaves dipped and danced about her face. Across from her, in the very centre of the dry riverbed, a tortured gum grew almost parallel with the earth, but its foliage strained towards the sky, lifting and rippling as the wind drove it ever downward. The coarse white sand rose in clouds, the wind went flying through the leaves, and presently Trilby, in tune with her surroundings, flung straining arms tightly around her tree. Happiness leapt in her heart like a living thing, so that laughter was caught in her throat and strangled there. The hardness of the wood crushed her chest, but she only pressed closer to it, as if this was life itself she held in her arms. But at last there were tears as well as laughter and the tears slipped down her cheeks and were bitter and salt on her tongue. There were two who sat on the steps of the schoolhouse in the late afternoon, and the faces of both were bleak and still. All the comfort Nuna had to give had been given, and the boy Barty was not comforted. Sitting on the step below her, he pressed himself against her legs, 
empty eyes watching the antics of a group of small boys rolling over and over in the red dusted sand. Tomorrow Nuna would be gone. There was no thought more important than that, and so it was for Nuna. Tomorrow she must leave Barty and Stella behind to get on as well as they could without her. And the more she thought of the little things she had done for them, which nobody but an older sister turned mother would ever think of doing, much less have time to do in this crowded and busy mission, the more desolate grew her thoughts. They would miss her so. And how cruel that she, who loved them, should be forced to withdraw herself from them and leave them alone. She slipped an arm over Barty's shoulders, and when the boy looked up at her, inquiringly, she smiled at him. The unutterably tender and reassuring smile of a mother for her child. Barty questioned her with his eyes, and the girl searched swiftly for words that had not been said before.